Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked on Spartans. It is Tuesday, August 6th, 2019. I'm your host, Will Hunter. Thanks so much for joining me for today's episode. I apologize in advance. I'm a little stuffed up, you can tell. Um, I think just as a general rule of thumb, if you're ever listening to this podcast, uh, halfway through July through probably mid-August here, maybe the end of August, there are going to be days where I just kind of sound a little bit like this. Um I apologize for it. Trust me, I wish it wasn't like this. I take different medications and uh, try to do different things to alleviate it, but it just happens uh, sometimes. So we'll have to uh, push through it, power through it, and just try to make the best of it. Trust me, uh, it feels worse than it sounds. So if any of you want to switch spots here and have this sinus thing taken away from me, and I'll listen to you talk like this. I would be happy to do that. Uh, So yeah, we're just going to power right through it. On today's show, uh, we're going to talk about Media Day. Yay! Uh, Yesterday, Michigan State held Media Day for the football team. I was there, got some sound, talked to some people, shook some hands, did the whole media business. Um, But there are some interesting things, I think, that are worth talking about, some funny things. Uh, that I've got uh, lined up for later in the week. Um, some funny things that happened yesterday uh, in Media Day, but just a, a number of things here. And I'll have some sound that I can bring up you know, later this week for sure. Uh, I won't use any Brad Salem sound today, but I'm definitely going to use that later in the week um, for uh, another podcast and for a story that I'm doing for Spartans Wire. So uh, definitely... Uh, be using all this stuff throughout the next week, week and a half here as we sort of move towards the the regular season opener. Uh, so yeah, that's what we're going to do here today. We're going to talk about D'Antonio's comments uh, on the offense changing, some interesting comments from Brian Lewerke, and then just sort of wrap things up, tie it up with a bow here uh, in segment three for today's show. Reminder, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. If you don't subscribe, it is the easiest way to Uh, Get these episodes on your phone every single day. I can't recommend it enough. If you're unfamiliar with the podcasting world and you want to listen to other podcasts, subscribe to those as well, like the uh, Locked On NFL show that I'll tell you about in a little bit. But yeah, subscribe to Locked On Spartans, uh, rate, review, go over to iTunes if you haven't done so. If you would like to do so, leave a five-star review. I appreciate everyone who takes the time to do that. Doing a mailbag later in the week, still... um, you know, got a few questions, searching for some more, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com or tweet at me at Will underscore underscore Hunter, 1L, two underscores. And today, uh, posted now, depending on actually, yeah, depending on when you listen to this, um, it's either up now or it will be up soon, is the uh, the final four of the MSU gift tournament at SpartansWire, spartanswire.usatoday.com. So check that out. Get in on the voting for the final four. Uh, And that thing will be wrapping up here by the end of the week. So it's been fun doing it. People seem to have enjoyed it. I actually had uh, a friend of one of the stars of the gifts reach out to me. Uh, The Wink gift, the fan, the MSU fan who, like, I don't even remember what game it was, but he's wearing, like... Uh, the green and white striped suspenders, crazy wig, beard, weird glasses, and the camera zooms in on him on the sideline, or not on the sideline, but the front row of the student section. It zooms in on him really quick, and he takes his glasses off and winks, like, just in perfect. It, it, it was almost like it was staged, uh, but it wasn't staged. And the guy reached out to me today and said, yeah, that definitely wasn't staged. That just happened. So, 
even more impressive set at lost. But yeah, MSU gift tournament, SpartansWire.usatoday.com. All right, let's uh, let's talk about media day. Okay, so to start here, I want to talk about D'Antonio. He started off the media session, took a bunch of questions, and a lot of it was your standard sort of coach speak type things. Uh, We're, you know, we're looking good. We need to improve. We need to do X, Y, and Z. Here's how we do it uh, on down the line. The thing that I thought was the most interesting uh, had to do with changes uh, to the offense and, you know, it's been a topic of discussion among fans, among media, among pretty much anybody with any sort of interest in Michigan State football is what is the the offense going to look like under Brad Salem. And uh, I've talked about it here before. There's been sort of whisperings, reading through the tea leaves. You can sort of pull little bits of information from people here um, in little quotes like, oh, okay, they're talking about tempo here. That's something that I talked about yesterday. Oh, they're talking about tempo, you know, that's good. That's something that's maybe a little bit of a tweak here or there, some shifts, some formations, Um, but we haven't gotten anything like, yeah, you know, it's going to look a lot different. It's going to be almost unrecognizable. Yeah, this is going to be Baylor's offense. Like, we haven't gotten any of that. We're not going to get any of that. We're not going to really know if there's a lot of changes, how much uh, the changes Uh, are going to take place, um, where there'll be changes, what type of different things, are they running different formations, more no huddle, yada, 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 on down the road. We're just not going to know until Tulsa, and that's becoming clearer and clearer by the day. It's not surprising given uh, how D'Antonio has sort of operated at Michigan State. It's a very tight-lipped program. Uh, That's how they like to play it. Um, But I always enjoy, because at a thing like Media Day, there's a lot of gathered media. There's 10, 12 TV stations in the back. There's five, six, seven, eight newspaper people there. There's bloggers, there's podcasters, there's this, that, and the other. There's a lot of different people there. Um, and there's just a lot of questions asked. And this is something that you knew was going to be asked of D'Antonio. It's going to be at the forefront of a lot of people's minds because it is one of these mystery things. It's going to be, I think, and a lot of people think, one of the ultimate indicators of how this season goes because of what we know they have on the defensive side of the ball, what we know they have in terms of specialist, uh, what we know they have in terms of talent on the offensive side of the ball. This it's a lot is seems to be riding on potential scheme changes. What is it going to look like? Um, and when you compare it even with uh, what's going on at Ohio state, Penn state, Michigan, there's a lot of sort of intrigue right now. The big four programs in the big 10 East, what are the changes going to be? Who Everyone's making changes. Urban Meyer is gone. James Franklin lost his O coordinator a couple of years ago. They lost their starting quarterback for this season. Like, what are their changes going to look like? What's Ohio State going to look like with Ryan Day? What is uh, the Michigan offense going to look like? How much is Jim Harbaugh going to really be hands-off? And what is Michigan State going to look like after the musical chairs? So a lot of intrigue, a lot of questions about offensive changes and just a little bit of a mystery right now. Some places more than others. Uh, there's been articles about what's going on at Michigan, what's going on at uh, Ohio State, and it's just Michigan State sort of wrapped in this cloud of mystery, and I think they really like to play it that way. Um, I'm going to play a clip here for you. Uh, the first voice you're going to hear is Bob Wojnarowski, uh, writer for the Detroit News, longtime, uh, I think I believe he's a columnist there now. Um, but kind of covers the the state of Michigan sports. 
and so he asks a question to D'Antonio, and I just I'm gonna play the whole thing. There's a nice long awkward pause in the middle there, and I just really enjoy it. So I'm gonna play that whole thing for you right now, and then we'll talk about it. Mark, if you could characterize how different do you think your offense will be? Would you call it a tweak, an overhaul, an update? Uh, or I'm just looking for a word in your mind, the level of how different it'll be. It'll be a question. <laughs> so you don't, you're no, we're not going to expand on that right now. I don't think that's right. I don't want to do that. I think there's got to be something to be, you know, you got to leave something in the bag. Okay, so... You may not have heard it perfectly, but he says, right, uh, sort of uh, answering uh, Bob's question there, he says, it'll be a question, you know, a one word to characterize how much, how the offense will change, tweak, modification, update, whatever he he says, it'll be a question, which is just a perfect Mark D'Antonio way of uh, deflecting in that sort of smirky, like sort of smart alecky way that he likes to do a lot. And so it, like right when he said that we knew they were kind of being tight lipped, but it's very much kind of a game. And there was very much, I think a game for a lot of players, uh, anywhere I went, anyone I talked to, anyone who asked this question, got this sort of response. And it was kind of funny just to watch it all play out there. And then, then I loved the, the long pause, you know, you got to leave something in the bag, uh, is how D'Antonio said it. And that's uh, that's quintessential D'Antonio. And I don't know if he's actually being serious. We want to leave something in the bag. There's there's something different here. We want to try to hold it in as much as possible until we can sort of, quote-unquote, unleash it. And Michigan State's done that in previous seasons. They've been vanilla early to start doing the basic thing, and then they start to uh, show you different things once they start playing the the bigger opponents, your Michigans, your Ohio States, your Penn States, Wisconsin, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and they've started to, you know, they save things for sure. And I think all teams do that. Um, but in, in terms of if, you know, when we flip on Tulsa, I don't know if we're going to actually see something radically different or even just slightly different. Uh, they could be just playing games with everybody and they're just going to kind of run it back and do uh, some really similar things that they've done in your past and hope for better health. I, I tend to think that there's something different going on. Some, you know, we're going to see a newer offense, a tweak. Uh, I, again, I don't know how to characterize it. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's going to be something different here. Uh, and I'll talk about why uh, and give some more examples and sort of build on this segment after this quick commercial break fantasy football players listen up you need to be listening to locked on fantasy football hosted by Vinny Iyer and Vinny gives you the edge he's got over 20 years covering fantasy football don't listen to the same podcast as everyone else because then you're going to have the same information as everyone else and then how are you going to get a leg up if everyone in your league is listening to the same thing get the edge from Vinny that will put you ahead on draft day and put you ahead all season long locked on fantasy football uh, you can find it on your favorite podcast provider. All right, welcome back to segment two of today's Locked on Spartans. Uh, I want to continue building on this sort of idea that Michigan State has a secret, right? There seems to be a clear directive, you know, have fun with this. Uh, don't talk about it. Act like you have no idea what anyone is talking about. Just sort of, you know, we're not going to talk about that. We're just doing this, that, and the other. We're just doing our basic things and you know, we'll have to see if anything's different. We're just trying to get better each and every day. That's sort of the the thing there that they're doing. Uh, Brian Lewerke was kind of asked about it 
uh, as well. And I thought he uh, gave a funny answer. He was asked, uh, what's with the secrecy uh, around all this? That I think was the way that, that the reporter put it. Something along, what's with the secrecy? And, and this is how he responded. Because uh, it's a secret, I don't know. <laughs> You've seen, we should... We showed what we could show during the spring game, and uh, I guess I'll just wait for wait till August 30th. I think is when it is for, uh, for the next showing. Of it, so. And so that's the clip. And and you really, um, <laughs> if you were watching there and saw sort of the look on Brian's face when the reporter asked the question, you could sort of tell like, you know, well, what's secret? What secret? We don't have a secret. What are you talking about? Secret? It was perfectly like that sort of face combined with his answer. Uh, and then, yeah, he just sort of expands upon it. You know, we saw what you saw in the spring game. Uh, it should be noted that there were changes uh, in the Red Box Bowl, although, you know, guys were still, you know, still an incredibly banged up unit, had been running these different plays for about two weeks. Uh, quarterback still hurt shoulder, uh, hurt running backs, hurt offensive line, uh, thinned out at receiver still. Uh, you saw more tempo. You saw uh, pistol formation for the first time. You saw some different things. So I think that can be a clue for us. What we saw in the spring game at times, they've talked about using some tempo. There was more zone blocking in the spring game. So that would indicate, you know, the the zone read play that everyone loves so much in college football. That's a really effective play. The RPOs that you can build off of that. You know, there are some signs here that there might be something true to what Michigan State is doing in terms of modifying and or not modifying, well, modifying, but modernizing the offense. And I think that, um, you know, I'm still, and again, it's it just the way it is. Could be a, it could be a giant ruse. Could be fooling us all right now. We have no idea. But I think uh, just given sort of how they're playing this one really close to the vest, uh, it's, it's a, it seems like a situation like where there's smoke, uh, there's some fire there. And I think uh, another part, uh, I have a clip, but I, I'm not going to play the clip here for it because it's not really necessary. But uh, somebody was asking Luricky just about, you know, statistical uh, benchmarks that he wanted to reach last year uh, and now how they compared to the ones he wants this, uh, to do this year. Just because, you know, things got so haywire last year. Uh, I think the number that he threw out last year, he wanted to get up to 65% completion. Uh, throw for X amount of yards and then, you know, get this many touchdowns, whatever it was. Uh, but he said today, you know, I, I do want to, I want to get the completion back up to 65%. He was 59 as a sophomore. He wants to get it up to the mid sixties and he wants to, uh, he, he threw this number. He's like, he'd like to rush for 700 yards, which is a lot of freaking yards. Um, that's, that's a lot of running for a quarterback. Uh, and then someone was like 700. So yeah, you know, seven, eight, 900, maybe a thousand yards. Um, so I don't know if that is something like him hinting at the fact that he wants to maybe go for a thousand yards. Um, you know, he's still someone who I think is, is at his best, certainly making plays, uh, when things break down at his feet, but like moving, being an athletic thrower of the football, he can still throw it really well. He can still be accurate, can still drive the ball downfield. And when he breaks contain and can make plays and be a threat with his feet and his arm, that's when he's at his absolute best. He's not, you know, Pat White. He's not Tim Tebow. He's not Denard Robinson. He's not Braxton Miller. He's a guy who can really throw the football. And so for him to be even, you know, thinking slightly about a thousand yard season, sort of makes my 
uh, antennas go up a little bit like, oh, um, you know, is this going to be a, a scheme that has him run more? He's bigger. Um, he just like D'Antonio said, he's bigger, faster, stronger, right? Uh, and you, you can roll your eyes at it, make the Daft Punk joke um, and not really, you know, take much out of it, but just seeing him today, um, Brian Lewerke is bigger than he was last season. Uh, he's added some weight. A lot of guys on the offense have added some weight, um, and look just like, not that they look like bad or anything like that last year, but just look, uh, you know, more physically developed. So that's always nice to see with football players, but Brian looks, uh, he does look bigger. He does look stronger. He does look broader. He does look like, um, He's going to be more durable this year, and I'm sure that was an emphasis after what happened last year. And not that he's going to be someone who's going to run the ball 15 times a game, but I think that's within the realm of possibilities for a game here or there. You know, if he in 12 games um, carries the ball uh, eight to 10 times a game, it wouldn't shock me. You know, some games he has four designed runs, some games he has 13 designed runs. Some games he runs for 47 yards. Some games he runs for 120 yards with a long touchdown, things like that. Like he's a big, fast, strong guy. Uh, certainly not quite to the level of like a Tim Tebow or a, a Cam Newton or something like that, where he's just a physical specimen and you could run him 20 sometimes. But he's a big dude. He's a big, strong kid. Um, so I think, you know, we might see a little bit more running from him, a little bit more design plays to get him moving more. And that's something that you know, I think he'll really thrive in. I think he talked about it a little bit today that he likes to be able to, like he, he said it this way, he wants to be able to sort of meld the, the playmaking style, the sort of backyard football-y scrambling stuff that he did as a sophomore with the mindset he was going into last year. Like he was a little bit too uh, pocket passer heavy in his mindset, a little too apprehensive to uh, break contain, break the pocket and try to make a play. A little bit less creative, a little bit more trying to go through the reads, being a true pocket passer. And, you know, Brian's a good thrower of the ball, but like like I just said, his he's at his best when he's doing both. When he's mixing it up, uh, a little bit of running, a little bit of passing, throwing from the pocket, getting on the move, throwing on the move, uh, tucking it and running it, being creative, improvising, making big plays with his feet and his arm. That's when Brian's at his best, and that's something that, you know, if, if he's thinking of the next level... Um, it's not something that is a deterrent anymore. Like people are starting to pick up on these sort of dynamic playmaking quarterbacks that can improvise a bit, and it's becoming something that is really sort of necessary at times to being a great college offense. And then it does, as we're starting to see, translate to the next level. So I, I think he's gonna be in a better mindset this year as it comes to that sort of stuff, not being so apprehensive to to tuck and run, to try to break the pocket and make a play with his feet. You know, like he said uh, today, he's trying to meld sort of both of those worlds with a good balance. And I I liked hearing that. And I think that's sort of, there's a spot in there in that balance where he's had his most effective uh, as a quarterback. And so I think we're going to see that. I think we're going to see Brian uh, run the ball more. We're going to see more designed runs and we're going to see a little bit more uh, ingenuity than we've seen at times with the offense of Michigan State. Um We'll see how that plays out. We'll see if they're healthy. We'll see how the offensive line comes together. We'll see how the skill guys come together. If the the running back group can sort itself, excuse me, sort itself out, and if if Lewerke can 
do a good job being the guy back there running the show. All right, let's take a break right there. When we get back, um, I'm going to continue on with this media day stuff. I want to talk more about Lewerke. Uh, I thought he had uh, some interesting things to say during his media time, just about uh, the struggles that he was dealing with, how he's bounced back from it, and what he's sort of going into next season with his uh, his mindset as. Uh, Locked on NFL. Let's talk about Locked on NFL. The new Locked on NFL podcast is absolutely on fire. It was one of the most listened to shows in like the entire NFL podcast world. So now is the time to jump on board. You get the expert analysis of former NFL scout Matt Williamson. It's hosted uh, by Brian Peacock. Brian is a new host for that show uh, with Matt sliding from the host spot to the analyst spot. So it's a really great dynamic and the show's really uh, going to be taking off here. So Locked On NFL is your daily national podcast on all things NFL. You get Matt's unique take on the game. Uh, and so follow Locked On NFL now on your favorite podcast provider. All right, welcome back to segment three of today's Locked On Spartans. Uh, let's finish this thing up talking about Brian Lewerke. Uh, it was an interesting day, I think, for Brian, for the media gathered with him. Uh, <laughs> so the day starts with D'Antonio. He does his half an hour thing all alone, and then they shuffle in some defensive players and the defensive coaching staff, and it's a roundtable thing. So it's just, uh, there's what, eight tables set up, a couple stands up on stages, and there's just guy, 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 player, player, coach, coach, coach. And then the media just kind of goes back and forth, and there's three players with this, or three media members with this guy, two with this guy, one with this guy. And then they just, you, you interview this person for three minutes, and then you go talk to the next person. You ask this person your questions, and you just kind of bounce around the room. And so that's how it goes for the defense. And then uh, they we had a little bit of a break, and then the offense came in, uh, and everyone who was going to be talking uh, in terms of offensive players came in, uh, except for one spot was uh, empty. <laughs> it was like the main podium where D'Antonio had done his presser, um, and then off to the side there's another podium where uh, uh, Cody White and Daryl Stewart were at, and then the, all the other players were kind of scattered around with the coaches and, and things like that. And there was just one empty spot. Uh, for the first 20, 30 minutes of the media availability. And uh, I looked over there, I was like, huh, I wonder who that's going to be. <laughs> um, so we're, we're going through the thing, and uh, after about 10 minutes, after about 15 minutes, um, you know, the first rounds of, uh, you know, people have done a th- three, four interviews. At the other podium, media starts gathering, and then you look over five minutes later, and there's twice as many people, and soon you look over, and almost all of the gathered media is huddled around this one podium uh, while everyone else is kind of sitting by themselves on the other side of the room. There's like five media members left on the other side of the room. And and so it should be obvious by now whose uh, podium that was. But I just looked over there and I was like, man, today is going to be a day for Brian Lewerke. Um And so you look back over there and uh, he walks in. Uh, you know, after the group sort of by himself unannounced, like every other time they'd be like, all right, guys, defensive people are here. Um, all right. First group of offensive players. All right. Coach D'Antonio is coming in in two minutes. Like there's like an announcement period. Like they just kind of snuck Lorky in despite the fact that everyone in the gathered media was gathered around his podium. Uh, and uh, so a few minutes after he had been there talking, I moseyed on over there. Um, and it was just a lot of questions, uh, as you would expect, about the shoulder, uh, about what went wrong last season, his you know mentality coming into the season. How's his confidence? How's it, how's he feeling? How's he throwing the ball? 
just all the questions that he's been answering uh, this entire time. Uh, someone asked him, uh, I think it was Matt Wenzel from MLive. This is like, so 10 minutes is kind of chaos and everyone's around him. Then it sort of thins out. The TV people go and do their uh, stand-ups and, you know, it was five, almost five o'clock at that point. So everyone's like editing and sending back video and having to do work and things like that. So the, the group thins out around the worky. Uh, there's like four or five of us. And someone asked them how sick and tired he is of hearing, uh, or answering questions about his shoulder. And he's just like, I'm so damn tired of it. Um, he said that like Joe Bocci or any other player from the team, uh, if they go out and get recognized, they say, he says they come back every single time. Like, yeah, another person asked how your shoulder was doing. Uh, fans will stop him on the side of the street. Anyone who recognizes him, students in class, uh, are just constantly asking him how the shoulder's doing. So it's just like a constant thing for him, always having to be reminded uh, of what happened last season. And so it's uh, if you could like just imagine that he's you know we forget sometimes these are young guys. A lot of them are dealing with athletic adversity like this for the very first time. These are all guys who were superstar all state athletes in high school. Uh, and got to this level for a reason. And then when you have uh, huge public failures at the college level, that's usually the first time you're really going through something like that. You know, it's not a single high school reporter and a single high school radio guy. It is 10 to 12 TV people. It is uh, newspaper beat writers from around the entire state from a couple of huge Detroit newspapers. It's online people. It's radio shows. It is a lot of gathered media. And so... That's a, that's a unique experience and it's a really tough experience. And Brian talked about uh, some of the difficulties he had going through that. He said it was the first time it's really faced criticism like that. Uh, and so that took some time to get used to and to grapple with. Um, but he said he ultimately realized that, you know, that adversity and coming through it is something that he can learn from. And I think that's really cool. I think that shows um, a lot of maturity as sort of a, a smart introspection um and a really great mindset to have. Like, I it was some crap report a couple of weeks ago. Like, yeah, uh, Brian's uh, someone was just like making stuff up that like they heard from someone who heard from somebody that Lewerke was just not the same person that he wasn't. Um, you know, his confidence wasn't back or anything like that. It wasn't gonna end up well. And like, that's total crap like talk to the kid for two minutes uh and you'll realize that like just that perspective that he has on things the way he is approaching this year the way he thinks about uh what happened last season how he's grown from it how he's learned from it um yeah that's not someone losing confidence or anything like that that's just someone like maturing gaining perspective becoming smarter becoming a better leader having uh, more toughness, uh, all sorts of things that I think are really positive. And he, um, he actually talked about that here. I'll play a clip real quick. Um, just about some sort of things that he, uh, needs to do better in terms of off the field stuff. Handle criticism, obviously that's, I think it's a big one. Even no, I think that, that definitely. And then, um, being positive throughout everything and being enthusiastic. I think I, didn't do a fantastic job of still being, you know, there for my teammates and being um, kind of happy to be in the Obviously, I wasn't happy in the situation I was, but when you're in the leadership position that I was, especially as a captain, you kind of have to sometimes fake it a little bit and show off that, um, just show off that enthusiasm. And I may have not done that as well as I could last year. So I think that all, all those things. 
those are like those are really um tough things to kind of admit in that sort of setting right i wasn't a good enough leader i didn't do a good enough job when i got hurt of rallying behind the team staying involved staying enthusiastic like yeah you hurt your shoulder the season's going like you see your season going down the tube like brian lorkey started last season with like eyes like I'm going to have a great season. I'm a Heisman dark horse. We're going to kill it this year. We're going to win the Big Ten. I'm going to be in contention for the Heisman. I'm going to go high in the draft. Everything's going to be great. He hurts his shoulder. All that is just spinning around the toilet, going down the tube for the season. He's seeing a lost season. It's totally understandable. Like, yeah, I he, he didn't do a good enough job. He admitted, I Brian Lorke, didn't do a good enough job of sticking with the team, being a leader despite... Uh, that awful injury, it all going to hell, the the season just really coming apart at the seams really quickly. And for him to talk about that in that sort of way, again, just goes back to what I was saying earlier. I think he's uh, he learned from last season. Uh, he's taking a positive uh, lesson from adversity, which is something you hear all the time from successful people is that, you know, failing is just it's a failure is an opportunity to learn to grow to succeed and I think he's totally taken that mindset and as of now I have no reason to believe anything other than that just based on what I've seen and what I've heard everyone else talk about because everyone else was getting asked about Brian and everyone hey, Brian's Brian man he's doing his thing he's looking great he's throwing the ball really well he's our he's our leader he's our captain he's that guy and so uh, that that answer right there specifically, and that was a question just about what do you have to do to get better to get to the next level to be an NFL quarterback, and those are the things. I need to be better at handling criticism. I need to be a better leader. I need to be a better teammate, and I think those are three really great answers that you don't hear from a lot of guys in terms of things they need to be better at, uh, and so just the fact that he's willing to admit that, smart enough to see that within himself, see those flaws within himself, and then make strides towards becoming better at that. I think that says a lot about the kid he is, a lot about the leader he is, and a lot about the character he has. And if um, you know, I'm in a situation where I have to bet on somebody being able to bounce back from what was truly a disastrous season for him, like I'm not betting against that mindset. So as of right now, I think I'm not betting against Brian Lewerke uh, having a bounce back year because he just seems like he's going into this with a really strong uh, mindset. And I really like the way he's uh, approaching this sort of comeback season, if you will. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. Uh, Off tomorrow for Wednesday. We'll be back Thursday and Friday. Uh, That's what I'm going to do. I got a lot of Salem stuff for Thursday. Some good sound from him. Doesn't talk specifics about what they want to change, but I did ask him just about some different things just to sort of see, you know, his mindset, what he likes to do and, and different things that he wants to bring to the team, bring to the table as in terms of an offensive approach. So we'll do that on Thursday, some more sound from media day. Uh, and then Friday, uh, we'll do the mailbag and have a little bit of fun getting into the weekend. So thanks so much for listening to Locked on Spartans. Reminder, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, go to spartanswire.usatoday.com. Vote in the Final Four of the gift tournament. Check out my stories from Media Day and uh, all our stories. We do a ton of stuff there, a ton of content. We do like 130 posts a month. So check those out. Excuse me, spartanswire.usatoday.com. Email me, mailbag questions, locked on spartans at gmail.com or tweet at me at will underscore underscore hunter one L two underscores. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back Thursday with another episode of Locked on Spartans. Until then, go green.